Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. <laughs> Everybody's wearing oh, the tight pants God. today. Got my tight pants Everybody's on. Talking oh. about my tie. People, this is a positive <laughs> podcast. We try to keep it positive here. That's why anytime we say anything negative about this film or any film, really, you're going to hear this sound. <clears throat> and we're going to have to drink because this is a drinking game. Yes, it is. So pour yourselves a glass, or as they say in my country, crack a tinny. Woo! Crack a tinny. And let's. Uh, <laughs> it's, a tin, so it's a tinny. It's a tinny with an N. <laughs> oh just gosh. to clarify. <laughs> what would they call the gigantic uh, liter stein that you used to have? <laughs> a stein. A stein? Uh, yeah. A stein. We have, a we have culture. Yeah. We have culture. Come you have on. culture. Yeah, sure. I just, I just saw a kangaroo that looked like it was working out in your cultured country. So uh, cool. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, that's a that's a wallaroo. Don't follow him into the water. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ! God. All right, people, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about the last night in that's Soho here. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, uh, we try to keep it spoiler free for about ten minutes in case you haven't heard it, or in case your friends haven't heard it, and you want to recommend this here podcast. So spoiler free for ten minutes. I don't even really know how you spoil this film. I was, but... I was, I was gonna. Well, I mean, I was gonna say how the fuck are we gonna talk about this without spoiling anything? Oh yeah, like, exactly. But, that's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. But anyway, we'll we'll try to at least do some initial takeaways so you, you can decide if you want to watch it or not um but before we get too deep into this let's go ahead and shout our people out john we got a beer sponsor his name is carlos barroza you can follow him on instagram if you so choose the handle is cbarroza bar 2019 that is c-b-a-r-r-o-z-o-b-a-r-2019 and if you're digging this music it's on every single episode. You heard it here. It's provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. If you're digging it, head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist and you can download all that music for free. Hmm. All right, you guys, this is one of those episodes. Why do I always feel like we, we get more excited, perhaps than most excited to talk about the films that Dave has been highly anticipating for years <laughs> and years just because we've been hearing so much about them. We are all Big Edgar Wright fans. This is the last night in Soho. Is it inappropriate to uh first let me turn my fucking AC off? Is that an AC? I thought a plane was <laughs> oh, landing. Wow. Like, yeah. No, sorry. I I'm do like, live is Harris, in is the Harrison Ford of, landing uh, in your yard again? Well, get off my plane. <laughs> uh I think I think we should throw back just for a second because we all had so much fun at the very beginning of the Corona franchise face-off. Don't know if you folks heard it. If you haven't, I recommend yeah, going go back, back to last summer to and giving them a listen. They're really fun. The first round. I got told to go fuck myself more than in any other time in my life during that yeah. franchise face off. Yeah, yeah. And don't you fucking forget it. Dave, I told you you're out of your fucking mind all the time. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> the first round, though, guys, help me remember. It was Lord of the Rings, which eventually took our, our franchise face off. I still think you should listen to it. And yeah, see we had some category fraud with them, but sure. But it was up against a blast of a trilogy that all three of us had so much fun watching. The Cornetto trilogy, Edgar Wright's trilogy, Dave, count them all for us. Hot Fuzz. Hot no, Fuzz, well, Shaun of the Dead, and World's yeah. End. And the World Ends. Yeah, at, mm. uh, at World's End? No, no. The World's End. The World's End. The World's End. <laughs> so anyway, we all had a really fun time talking about those. Scott Pilgrim is one of Dave's favorite movies. I got Number to watch one, it actually. with him in person. There you go. Number one. I think you and I watched together. That was my first watch when we all used to live together. I fucking love that movie now as well. This guy's a genius. So nonetheless, all of us have been really, really psyched about this movie. It did not live me down. But Jeff, why don't you go ahead and set it up and we'll get we'll get the fuck into this combo. I want to go ahead and apologize to anybody who just listened to John's rant on 1.5 times in case their podcast feed was going off <laughs> because you actually heard that at 10 times. John, I've never heard you so fucking giddy at the top of these fucking podcasts. I've oh, never man, heard I'm it so before. Pumped, dude. You are right, though. Yeah, the Cornetto trilogy, we put it 16. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I had a feeling Lord of the Rings was going to advance. So I didn't watch Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I only watched the three <laughs> Cornetto trilogy movies, which was actually technically my first COVID, like, binge i guess in a way i know there are three I different movies too. but we, we did it like literally like may no it, i was still at, i i know i remember where i was it, it was, was march like, it was march like it was we got three weeks yeah, in early. to doing a cinema podcast before they yeah. closed cinemas yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 half the country uh <laughs> didn't know that covid was what, what it was we we did we still we were still calling it the coronavirus and i was um, still in new york yeah, I remember. Yeah. You're right. I, it was totally still March. Jesus Christ. But anyway, go listen to that. It was really fun while the world was, uh, you know, 
lighting on fire around us. Let's set up the Oof. let's set up last night in Soho. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. This came out on Halloween weekend here in the United States and I think a lot of other places around the world. It did not do particularly well at the box office here in the United States, but that's okay. The reviews are pretty until damn good. Until we drop this episode. Until we drop yeah. this episode. And get the whole I mean, fucking world. It was up against Week two of Dune, too, really. So, you know. Week yeah. two of Dune came back. And good, next good weekend Dune. is Eternals. So yes. it's in a tough spot. Yeah. It's in a, it's tough, in a tough spot. spot. And and Halloween Kills came out a couple weeks ago. And even though it is getting trashed by every critic. <laughs> it it's, made so it's, much money, though. It's called oh, Halloween. Matt, Matt and Mark did like Kills. It. Oh, they fucking hated <laughs> oh. it. Matt and Mark. <laughs> I know. Shout out to Matt and Mark, Mark Movie Show. We love it. you guys. We're just we're, That's our like weekly quota for them until they ask us to come back on their show. Um, <laughs> I was back. <laughs> Maybe if uh, Matt stops pooping his pants. That's true. Go give them a listen. Um, <laughs> outed, outed. That's true. Uh, he added himself. So here we are. We're talking about Last Night in Soho. It was spooky, ghosty. The trailer was kind of bizarre. And it stars two of the greatest, well, I should say two of the biggest young actresses on the planet right now. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who I, I think I just saw her on Colbert, where Colbert said, like, he was trying to dance around it, but he was like, you've had the best 18 months out of everybody. To which I said, maybe not Elon Musk, but maybe most other people. Um, but she had, <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy had Emma, she had Queen's Gambit, she has this, and I'm sure there's something else that I'm missing in there, but, like, just totally had a great quarantine. So, oh, um... Fuck, I can't remember what else she did. And Thomas and Mackenzie, who was just an old, she Emma. was in JoJo. Rabbit. Emma came out like right at the yeah, beginning. Emma was first, oh, and then bullshit. I forget what the else. New mutants. Oh, new, new mutants. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, she had a great COVID, if if you're allowed to say that. Uh, and then Thomas and Mackenzie, who again was in old and um, uh, JoJo without Rabbit and uh, JoJo Rabbit without a trace. Yeah, fuck. Mm. So good. So leave good. no trace. I think it's Literally. leave. Oh. I think it's leave no trace. Leave so no anyway. Trace, I think. Yeah. Huge. Uh, throw in Matt Smith, you know, from Doctor Who fame and other things, The Crown. Throw in um, uh, uh, Elena Tyrell. What the hell is the grandma's name? <laughs> Grandma Tyrell. Uh, Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg. Yeah, Diana Rigg is in this, of course. And then um, lots of cool shout outs. So this is Edgar Terrence Wright. Stamp. Written and directed. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp. Man. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Um. Hmm. All right, let's move on with the fucking setup of this movie let's so we can get into it. So here is the IMDb short description of this film. An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be. And the dreams of the past still fucking, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 But the goddamn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I, I had to click see more. But the glamour is not all it appears to be. God, come on! I, they heard it. They heard it. Sorry. But the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something mm. darker. Happy Halloween. I Dave. should I should point out uh, just quickly as well that. Uh, you know, despite that extremely professional setup that we just did, yeah. this is our one hundredth episode. Oh my god! Oh fuck. my god! 100 you guys, hundred episodes. Yeah. You guys. <laughs> oh my god! Cheers, motherfuckers! Cheers! We fucking did one hundred of these things. Are you crazy? Come yeah, on, that's good. One hundred. Everybody, episode. pause. Drink. You're welcome. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The timing brother, of this record moved around a little bit, and that's all I was thinking about. I totally fucked. Yep. Yeah. Episode 100. My brother, so anyway. uh, my brother yeah. re-listened to a lot of these episodes recently, uh, and he he's just he's just he's, he's a huge fan. I've had several people reach out to me recently. I don't know if they knew about the hundred coming up, but I think people are. Uh, we got something good here, you guys. We're just we're so thankful everybody's listening. Let's keep it going, man. This is so much fun. Jeff, oh. you had a question for me. Yeah, what'd you think of the movie? What are the oh, oh that's right, there's a movie. Um oh, God. I just We're talking about a movie. I was I had winning cold, basically. I'd seen one trailer and I was like, that's it. I want to know nothing else about this. And Edgar himself on Twitter is like, go in cold if you can. And also don't ruin it, which later on we're probably gonna. But uh Also please go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> please go. This is a work of art. Ooh. Like it is 
he's just opened his imagination and poured it into a film canister. It's and it's also uh, like a really good love story. Like everyone's doing nostalgic like love letters this year in film. Like we had In the Heights, and now we've got this for Soho because he actually lives uh, like just around the corner, just outside of Soho, um, and works there a lot. So it it's like it's it's London beautiful, but also London hideous. Because he, he almost makes London the villain of the story at the beginning of it. But I love this. I love everything about it. The, Specifically the of, 60s London, right? Yeah. Well, not even yeah. that. Modern day London is set up as a villain bef- like in the first 10 minutes of the story. Because she has the, the yeah. little incident in the taxi. They do have those jabs all the time. That's like, London's a, da- London's a dangerous place. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> but this, I think this is what... I remember a couple of weeks ago we did Suspiria. And I think this is what I what I wanted from Suspiria, mm. and it, it mm-hmm. delivered. It really delivered. This is you, yeah. I my butt's still clenched from at least one of the jump scares. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and um, do that for, just for the phrasing of that for all of our listeners. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, Dave, my, my my buzzer square isn't going away. But you know what? Drink twice, once for me too, because that was good. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe after the spoiler section, you can tell us. Uh, you can tell us yeah, which. Yeah, I'll go into moment. more details. Got you. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jeff, yeah. what do you think, dude? Okay, no, so I said <laughs> so I I did not take any notes in the theater this week after you guys roasted me last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good movie goer. Um, I also should say that I got to this movie twenty eight minutes late because my city bike was jammed at the station. The whole, all the bikes were jammed. I was like, fuck! And I finally shook one free. And then there were Halloween parades everywhere because I saw it on Halloween. And I'm riding. I did see Tony Danza singing New York, New York on the street of, on Columbus Avenue. And, they every, <laughs> and all those motherfuckers watching Tony Danza sing this song were in my goddamn bike lane. So I was like rushing to get to this movie. He was great, by the way. He sounded great. Just to clarify, none of this happens in the movie. Yeah, this just happened to, to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> what happened in this movie? Why is Tony Danza in Soho, London? Um, anyway, I get there 28 minutes and it still hadn't started yet. God damn it. Fucking... Oh, yeah, you got know, 30 minutes know, of program. Dude. Before... I literally... Also, Ridiculous, I just, just, dude. I just want to take a, a little bit of, ex- uh, like a, of a shot at AMC. Like I know I go and see all, a lot of my films at AMC, but I've been, I've been going to AMC Times Square for a while. Now, AMC tw- Times Square... You have a bathroom on each floor. Each bathroom has two urinals. You have 26 fucking theaters. Do the math. <laughs> oh, my God. Shade. Yeah, that is, that's Ratchet. And you know that place just like prints money because the place is packed all the time. Mm. Um, I went to Sony Digital in, Times, in uh, Lincoln Square. It was my first Sony, my first Sony Digital screening post-COVID. Sorry, oh. Dave, for all the times you recommended for me to go there. Dolby Digital? Dolby, yeah, whatever I'm saying. Yeah, the, the beer is like right about to hit Sony, me. Dolby so, Atmos. Yeah, so, Sony's lawyers will be in touch. <laughs> Sony's lawyers will be in touch. Thank you for the clarification. Jeff, what did you think of that format, dude? What did you think of the sound? Was it incredible? Well, the sound, so at first I remember thinking early on, I was like, everything's kind of washed out. There was one part where I was like, I couldn't even see her face very well. And the first, and everything was very like, tan and kind of gray and i was like all right well all right maybe it's 60s like I, I don't know it was just seemed a little awash it didn't seem that vibrant the first time she goes into that little dream sequence which is alluded to in the trailer so it's not much of a, a, a spoiler and that fucking city comes alive and it's at night and so all of the neon lights are just popping and everything mm. it like I, I swear to you there, there was a period of time maybe an hour after that where i somebody like coughed next to me and I know this sounds crazy because when I'm in a movie theater, like with Dune, I was really happy to be in a packed theater with people that were very excited to be there. It was it was very palpable <laughs> that people were there. In this movie, when that person really- coughed, I for- <laughs> no, 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 I forgot that I was in a movie theater with other people. Like that's what that's oh, what wow, that's man. what this movie did. I I mean that 100 percent serious. I literally was like, oh my god, I forgot there were other people here. Like I just I felt like this was all just happening to me. And so yeah, I, t- I took my pants off yeah. and everything, and wow. so yeah, I immediately. So- t- <laughs> I just wipe my butt. Yeah, no, I just, it was very, it was really that kind of experience where it was very captivating. And, and I, I was surprisingly moved. I like genuinely was feeling like some gen, I like literally checked my eyes for a second. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like it, it was very scary. I had the jump scares, a couple of them, but it, it really was that kind of experience for me. It was awesome. John. Yeah. I, I'm going to just echo what you guys are saying. I think Edgar Wright just did. He Edgar Wrighted all over us, you guys. I mean, he just, this was so imaginative. 
It was that's, that's the terminology. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our words, people, our words. It was a. Uh, it was his horror movie. I mean, it was his like. It was so disturbing too. Um, I guess I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting it to be a little bit more fun, just because it's mm. him, and and I don't mean that in a comedic way. I wasn't expecting comedy. I knew he was gonna it, just for a little bit of reading I had done in the trailer. It looked like he was going to try to sincerely freak us out. But I underestimated his ability to disturb me. There was yeah. dread in this movie. Without giving away too much of what happens, um, I don't think I'm going to give away any spoilers here. The the allusions to all of the uh, the experiences of this young woman who starts to who starts to have sex with men for money and becomes a prostitute. The Johns, the way they are, not hating myself there, but that is what they're called, right? The way he depicts. Her interpretation and her perception and her experience of all these men is terrifying. It's yeah. so disturbing. It gave me so much anxiety. I yeah. wasn't expecting the the anxiety that I had in the in the movie theater. Even yeah, sometimes yeah. you feel a little safer in a movie theater. Last time I felt like that was Uncut Gems. I was sitting in the theater. I walked out immediately after that movie was over. I just it was so good, but I just had to like take a shower in regular reality and get away from it. This one bothered me in a, in a really great way, and it scared me. And it was still all the the wonderful visuals and all the things you're looking for from an Edgar Wright movie. So um, I'm really disappointed that it's not doing well in the theater. I love Dune. We fucking praise the hell out of that. Mm. But everybody, get your ass in gear and go see this movie. I mean, um, this is probably going to do what an so, Edgar Wright it film. So it's probably going to do what an Edgar Wright film normally does, which is be very popular on like DVD and streaming. Yeah, people are going to yeah, buy. It's just a shame people are going to buy the 4K he, HDR of this. They, definitely, they are. this was a this was a forty three million dollar budget. He usually works under sixty. I think the biggest one he had was Baby Driver. Um, uh, maybe Scott Pilgrim was also around there. So yeah, he's totally going to cult it up. He has a big following. We're going to buy you know these copies or whatever when they come out on. Mm you know, digital release or DVD or whatever. But what an experience for the movie theater. You know, I wish I had seen Scott Pilgrim in the movie theater. I didn't. Same. This one yeah. was I just uh, went immersive. back and saw that. I just, I, oh, cool, the first time I saw it wasn't in yeah, a theater. Yeah. I saw it on uh, on Blu-ray. And then I, I finally, this year, it was like to celebrate the cinema's reopening. He re-released it for its anniversary in uh, Dolby Cinema and remixed oh, it for yeah. Dolby. And Scott Pilgrim, and I, I kind of knew it was coming going in. To this because Scott Pilgrim had the best band mix I've ever heard in a film. Oh yeah. Like ever. And so, I so going I was like never not going to like Dolby Cinema for this. Cause he pays uh, let a me, lot of attention. Let me ask to you guys some uh, let's get into the story though, because uh should we, should we just send Chris should we just Wilson send people should we send people away or do you want to keep it because I mean, you know, we we've all praised the movie and I feel like Yeah, we're gonna should... we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk details. So let's let's, uh, let's just, send let's people just send away. Yeah, away. Yeah. And and, uh, and I, it would be good for a rewatch, but then again, I don't think you need it. Like there's one moment that I literally am stuck on where I thought she turned the switch up to turn the lights out. And like little things like that where I'm like, was that Edgar Wright detailing? So I'm very curious for the rewatch, but I think we can all just say, if you haven't seen this movie, oh, no, that's see it. that's a British thing. <laughs> they just do the Dude, opposite. not even kidding. It took so took me so long to get used to the lights here. Wait, are you serious? Yes. Why would you why would the lights go down for the, them to come up? Um, no, no, it's it's a, it's a switch. So you flick the switch to turn the light on, you flick it back up, turn it off. I know. I know. Go for it, Jeff. Go there. Yeah. <laughs> go in. <ahead. laughs> Go there. That's, that's my. It's been my entire America. life, and then I came what here, and, and you, yeah. Did my acid just hit? What? What is? What are you guys talking about? Isn't that crazy? They drive on the wrong side. Their light switches do the wrong thing. I know. I don't want to talk about. It. Come on, dude. Jack. The light switches are the only things not trying to fucking kill us. Come on. All right. So forget. You guys, here's I just a fun said. little anecdote. Fun little anecdote before I forget, just to throw it in there before we get deeper into this, and then listeners, you can go, you can go watch this movie and then come back. Um. A couple of years ago, I was at a film festival with uh, one of the films that, uh, that we made, and um, it was in London. It was 2018. I was standing outside of the Toucan Pub, uh-huh, yes. drinking a Guinness, and Edgar Wright walked by. <laughs> I'm what? not kidding. Do you remember me telling you when I saw yeah, Edgar yeah. Wright? Jack, my brother, and Lyle and I were sitting there sipping some Guinness. I was smoking a little bit, and he was like, dude, look, it's Edgar Wright. 
And we had just been talking about how he like lived around there and Edgar Wright was just mm. strolling by with his buddy. There's right in front of the of, toucan where this whole fucking movie takes place. It was pretty cool. Been a couple of funny stories because um, like a lot of this stuff was done practically with the like going back to 60s London because let's, let's face it, the facade hasn't really changed much over there. Yeah. Um, but Matt Smith, apparently, they kept having problems with him running into his mates coming out of pubs when they were filming at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it was either his mates or fans. One or the other would come up to him to talk to him because, you know, he's he's played, what, Prince Albert, I think, and, and Doctor Who. Not and Prince, you yeah. may, you Prince may as well Philip. Be. Prince Philip, sorry, yeah, Philip. Philip Prince Albert. Yeah. The, co- the yeah. cock one? Yeah, Prince Albert's a weird piercing. Yeah. He does play a lot of dicks. All right, moving yeah. on. Um, so now that we're in the nitty gritty. All right, get out of here, um, people. If you haven't seen this movie, go see it. Yeah, spoilers are I do think upcoming. it was interesting. What the, My favorite disturbing part about this, I, I said, like, yeah, the way he depicted those guys, but it was more big picture than that. I'm going to push back a, a little bit against what you said earlier, Jeff, about the the how London in general was the culprit. I, I know what you mean. I'm not disagreeing with it entirely, but I thought I the, the really scary Nothing. part for me, yeah, was that, you know, I was saying, oh, I think it was just 60s London. You were saying, well, the cab driver at the beginning, the, the cab driver no, was I said that. freaky. Hmm. Oh yeah, you said that. No, Sorry. they kept saying it. Thomas and Mackenzie kept saying like, London's dangerous. London's ever the scariest. Dangerous London place. is dangerous. Scary, and, and I realized that this, that this place happens here, but this character has an obsession and we can talk about whether or not this is super clear in the way they handled it, a potential for schizophrenia or some kind of a mental psychosis that, uh, you know, allows her to have intense visions. She sees her mother who is passed away throughout this entire movie at the beginning and the end, mostly. Uh, Anyway, my favorite part about this, which scared me the most was how he flipped our nostalgia for the past an iconic time period oh, yeah. where Austin Powers said, yeah, baby. Yeah. He turned that into one of the most terrifying backdrops I've ever seen. Yeah, he pulled the he curtain back on Swinging London. He really did. And it made me feel like, uh, you know, we are we are, you guys. We're, we're, three, we're three white guys sitting here talking about this. I felt a visceral fear for what I guess women until like the Me Too movement felt uh, like uh, throughout time. Yeah, I think like, they still that, feel it. No, no, I'm not saying they don't anymore, but like that was like he was really pulling away the curtain. So let's give it up for Christy Wilson Cairns, too, who co-wrote this script with him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she, her perspective came into this. It was so effective. The potential for violence and manipulation and control and the 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 subjectiveness. The sub- it was so it was just so terrifying. I just wasn't anticipating that to be the most anxiety ridden aspect of the storytelling. The plot itself was not less interesting to me, but the plot meant less to me than that tone. The way he established that, it was just, it got me. I'm never going to forget the way I felt when I watched that for the first time. It kind of makes me not want to watch it again. It was so effective. I mean that as a compliment. Yep. <laughs> yep. But- Do you, did y'all feel that? Did y'all think about that at oh, all? Oh, yeah. Gushy, gushy, gushy. Jerry, get in there, get in there, get in there. Were you thinking more, were you thinking more about I, plot? I, I thought were you thinking ex- more about that? No, I thought exactly the same thing. Um, it was like he, it was this whole thing about she was so excited to go to London and then he slowly peeled back the layers and exposed her to what a horror show London was. That whole comment about, you know, there's a, someone's died in every corner in this city. Yeah. And it's, it was just, it, for one, London wasn't a pleasant place at all, um, especially for someone who, you know, sees dead people. And then you had the introduction of all of those men and how just horrible they were. Yeah. And it was yes. it was really good. I, I actually really enjoyed that aspect of the storytelling because like usually when they go with nostalgia, like we we step back and it's 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 pleasant and it's feel good. And this was not at all. Like this yeah. was this is a yep. rough place you could die here. <laughs> um you're talking about in real yeah. life or in the past or both or I'm just talking about the AMC at Times Square. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> We're going to be hearing from AMC's lawyers now. Um, I just, I, I'm paying my A-list. They can shut up. <laughs> um, no, I mean, obviously, the, the terror was there. I actually was wondering if they got into it like, too quick, which would have been my take. When she gets to London, and the first night's very, very fun, and then the second night is fun, but... You know, and then by the third night, it's like, oh, this is fucked. And it was kind of like, okay, wow. 
I guess this is not going to be um, Midnight in Paris, <laughs> right? Like, obviously, obviously, there's going to be a ghost yeah. story, <laughs> but I expected a ghost story. This was more violent, which, John, to your point of it being disturbing, I think that is the right take, even though it wasn't disturbing in like the um, the the David Lynch. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good that's a good point of view. Yeah, it's it wasn't like that for you? Not not as much. No, 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 no. Because it was quicker. It was still fast paced and it was all happening yeah, so with, it was very well paced. It was yeah, I mean it was it was moving. And then, you know, you always had the relief of her waking up until you didn't. That was my favorite jump scare, by the way. Yeah, it was, yeah, was the that, first one. That, that's the one that got where me. she gets up and she's like, oh, and of course the sound, the stinger was just like right to the right to the soul. I, w- yeah. I want to be in the studio and they're like, does this get you or does this get you? And just people sitting there going, oh, that one was good. Oh, oh that one was <laughs> that better. One, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that one was too much. Like, <laughs> Test audiences have a fucking crash cart down the front ready. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> and then they're in the back. They're that like, was a really too much, just enough. Um, anyway, I'm rambling. No, I, 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 I completely, I completely agree with everything you're saying, John. I, I really was worried that it was going to be happening too quick, and also it wasn't as funny as I, I, I thought it would be. I think it was your point before, so I was worried that those th- kinds of things would kind of start to drown the movie a little bit. But it was just moving. <clears throat> it was just you get sucked up in it. I, I couldn't believe how quickly it was moving. And so, no, I thought it was great. It was. I think my only critique, and I'm not going to take full credit for this. My girlfriend said it. She said her version of it first, and then because I was kind of mocking, I feel like every time we cut back to um, ah damn, what's her name? She plays the lead, um, McKenzie. Thomas and McKenzie. Feel mm-hmm. Like every time, yeah, I feel like every time we cut back to her, I didn't mind it initially, but then it kind of got like her breath was like breathier and breathier, and she was frailer <laughs> and frailer. So for the story to kind of wrap up with this young woman kind of finding some version of her strength at the end of this by overcoming whatever i don't even know if we need to discuss it but yeah, did she actually happened. have schizophrenia yeah. was this a haunting what the fuck was this i guess it doesn't really matter so let's just toss that aside for now i mean when they were witnesses finally, i'm pretty sure it was a haunting <laughs> i i guess so which i still i don't know if they nailed that perfectly for me uh, which kind of coincides with this there is a time break at the end of this movie after the whole climax there's a time break fast forward she is on her feet again. She's she's finished her, I guess, her, her first semester or whatever. She's got her first fashion show going on and uh, at the London School Institute of Fashion. And it's a, it's great. Uh, they give a little nod, of course, to she's not totally better. She still sees some, you know, some of these things from the haunting and her mother, which, again, I'm not sure which is which. I, I don't really know. I don't know if we're supposed to care. But for a story where somebody, especially somebody struggling with some kind of illness or a haunting or whatever, for a story where someone is supposed to not overcome entirely, but learn how to manage by finding their strength and finding their own stability, I do feel like they they kind of skipped that part. <laughs> so it didn't bother me. It just felt like she was such a victim for the entire movie that I'm just curious what would have happened if they would have had her push against it just a little bit more um, before... I guess their answer was they were trying to do it entirely in the final showdown scene, which was excellent, which was really cool. Hmm. I loved how they played it out. But well, even then, I felt up like to because that point, they, there was a misdirect. There was, but I feel like they yeah. wrote her into a bit of a corner because I think they decided, I'm, I'm just guessing here, I'm totally just guessing. I think they knew what they were doing plot-wise and character-wise, and they said, she's going to do it all in the showdown. She's going to find her strength. It's going to be physical. We're going to show, not tell. Sure, I'm on board with that. But she was dosed with some kind of uh, tranquilizer. There was something in this tea that mm, was supposed yeah. to be knocking her out. And somehow she finds her strength. I, I just I, They started playing with a little bit of the, the physical rules there, where I'm curious if she would have found her strength a little bit earlier, or at least twindled, you know, little bits and pieces of it. There's a, a couple of things uh, towards the end that I have a little bit of um, an issue with, if you, if you look deep. Um, why did she see the murder one way and not the real way? I, I yes. actually am curious yeah. about that too. That is definitely something like that. we're like I I'm not sure what we were supposed to but like were we getting how because we saw the woman her saw the murders, get murdered. Or, yeah. We saw her get yeah. murdered. So but everything else checks out. So it's not like Dune where he doesn't understand his visions. They're all like fragments. Yeah. This, this is, was an intentional mystery, but I'm not sure if there was a reason for it. Yeah, and it's not like Diana yeah. Rick has the powers for it. it, it yeah. I, I agree. I don't think it was grounded. Yeah, in the, that in that the was rules. the only. That I walked out with that question, and I was like, "Why? Why did she see that the wrong way?" Yeah, 
Also, which is which it takes me back to. Also, the the, the guys, the, the guys, the guys were not asking for help when they were chasing her around. So at the end, yeah. they're like, yeah, "Oh, we too. just want your help." It's like, "Oh, what is?" It? I'm thinking of a. I'm thinking of a famous movie where the the, the villain. It's not like Boo Radley, but like the villain is ask, asking for help the whole time. What what is it? Home Alone. <laughs> like, oh, I'm alone. Yeah. All he needed to yeah, do he is totally murdered those guys. Yeah, anyway. You know the salt, the salt man. I mean, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But this, but this case was oh, not no, that. I'm talking about Macaulay Culkin. This case, <laughs> he's the villain of that movie. <laughs> this case was not okay. So, so anyway, those two things. Okay, back to what you were saying, John. Because I do think those were kind of to get us a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I do he too. did pull them so, off, but he did. But, yeah, I guess if his goal again, if I was, if I was. If I was with him, or I was just sitting there, and I was lucky this enough my favorite to observe segment. him, Christy Wilson, if, if, if John could both compliment John was the, in the person room. because they did a good job, but also give them notes. <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to know where their head was at. This is just filmmaking stuff. I would imagine they're they're very intelligent individuals, and they said, "We know what we're doing. If we do this, it means this." And I think they said to themselves very consciously, "We're not going to wrap this up cleanly. We don't want people to be able to run a linear line through what she's experiencing. So therefore." It's a very loose combination of a haunting and some kind of psychosis or schizophrenia, and therefore it doesn't need to make sense. And I think once they made that decision and they started leaning into, and therefore we need to just make the audience feel like they don't understand what's happening, I do think they succeeded in that. Yeah. It mm. didn't bother me in the moment that I was so confused about how it didn't line up. It did bother me a little bit in the end because I felt I felt the director step in or the director and the writer step in and try to wrap it up. Unlike Lynch, right? If you're going to play with these things where they start to make less and less sense rationally, you can't wrap it up. You can't try to have it. Oh, let's, let's, let's justify it. And let's make sense. I think, I think by trying to do that culminating in what you just said, Jeff, help these men yelling, yelling help. And suddenly in that room, in that state of mind under a tranquilizer of all things, she sees clearly what happened and that she wasn't, uh, he, uh, she wasn't murdered in the way she thought she was. It, it started to make less sense to me only because I think they wanted it to make sense. I was totally on board for it to not make sense at all. <laughs> and for her to just burn this bitch's house down and us to be like, wow, that was a crazy yeah. fucking and be, mental happened? And be poisoned and crawl out and rescue a man. And like, while she was poisoned. Also. Yeah. I thought, I, yeah. I mean, that was crazy, right? Yeah. Go rescue him and get him. Like, how did that happen? Luckily, how did she crawl down four flights of stairs and get him out of there? Also, also she didn't, she didn't rescue him. The firefighters did, but it was okay. It was a cool effect. Also, you're right, how you're much, right, you're right, but that, but that was, she went down to like save him, but then she didn't have the strength. How much does Diana Rigg love poison? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. That's not her first time. Yeah. No, she was magnificent. She was incredible. Yeah. She was right I had money. just a tiny tendril of, I don't know if she did it, but I bet that woman is somehow involved in this. But it never became super obvious to me. No, I always I thought that she early. was a deflection. See, I thought she was a deflection. I was I like, she's probably a, not going to go there. When she was, when she was shouting, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, at the kid, I was like, there's something Oh, yeah, going when she was here. like, let me in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, didn't I actually yeah. Didn't, I didn't think about that. Come on, um, it's yeah, Diana that kind of That kind of tipped it for me. So, like, I, I kind of, I did... Call that one, but I didn't call the rest of what happened. I will, wait, you one guys, other thing. One other guys, thing. What did the floor start to smell? That was good. No, they, remember what she said. No, are you talking about the line? I did clock that one line when she showed her the room for the very first time. She said, um, she said something like, "The smells will start to rise. I hope you don't mind it. The smells will start to rise." Uh, oh yes, yeah, it's something. Something next door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she, and she that's all. You, after, and that's all afterwards. You can she did say Afterwards, that there's something you yeah. call, it's all you can smell. The 85 corpses. Yeah. But before that, she made some comment about how the smells will start to rise. I hope you don't mind living on the I mean, top floor. And I was like, all right, there, there are dead people here somewhere. I just didn't know. The line read of the, the French here. bistro, the way she said that line was just like, wow, yeah. she had intention behind just that. Just the, the only, yeah, only a true classic British actor can take their time with words. This is someone way. who's done, you guys, this is someone you guys, who has guys. done some Shakespeare, for sure. How good... <laughs> How good was the sound design? Yeah. The oh, yeah. the way they used the what's your name? Oh, it's a beautiful name. The the haunting the the loops in her mind and stuff. Mm -hmm. That was that was crazy. There was another one that they looped really effectively. That was the the man asking her something that really scared me. Uh, it, it was just uh, the way just, he messed with sound. He always the, does yeah. really all fun of the things music. with music. All of the like, music. This was crazy. Especially now they've given him access to Dolby. 
Like yeah. he's he's <laughs> yeah. just this yeah. is someone who embraces new technology and he's just took it and ran with it. So Jeff, that's awesome. I haven't seen it in Dolby yet, but for anyone who doesn't understand, typical surround sound when you go into a movie theater, you can pan left or right, front and back. But with Dolby, with all these speakers in these theaters, you can literally pan to an individual or a group of speakers. If you, so it's really yeah. cool that Jeff was if you saying want to put it at the mathematically. Of this, it used to yeah. be, used to be five point one or seven point one. It's now twenty six point one. Yeah, what? and we can literally pan to individual ones if we want to. So we yeah. we we adjust and mix to speakers, so we can pan across a space as opposed to to a space. If that makes sense. Not only that, uh, it just positional said, audio as well. So like you can yeah, you can exactly almost set to the, the space. height yeah, exactly. of the audio. It's crazy. Jeff, you told me, and I need now you're making me want to go see it. This movie does open with like a. I don't know if I loved the opening scene, but. I, just for the sake of this conversation, yeah. for the aesthetic, um, it opened a little bit flat for you. And like, is this a 60 thing? Did it sound like it was a little thin? Yeah. Like it was no, just stereo? Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. it was not until that's it was cool. not until her first dream cool. that really. And and not only did it, the sound come to life, I heard I heard layers. I heard 20 layers of sounds and there are probably more. Yeah. Of that. Well, that's that's awesome. I, I really yeah, yeah, I'd like to see the timeline on this one, especially <laughs> given like the sheer amount of composites they would have had to do. Yeah. I just want to do a quick uh, salute and drink to the um, the roto artists on this one because that would have been a fucking nightmare. Hell yeah! Can, can you can you explain? Can you explain that a little? They're bit? literally um, Anya Taylor Joy runs down a set of stairs. Thomas oh McKenzie runs down a set of stairs <laughs> in the reflection. Then, yeah. like whenever she's reflected, it's the other actress yeah and like it's that's a that's a lot of that's a work between a cinematographer a director those two ladies who obviously work their asses off to mirror those reflections because they a lot of those were done practically um and also just the sheer amount of like comp- compositing to get that sh- the, some of those shots yeah. that would have had to have been done what good and yes, dave let's celebrate it and it didn't cost him a hundred million dollars like yeah. he would a normal director, right? Like this is this is a forty three million dollar film. This is there will be blood was made for more money than this movie. <laughs> and and they like, shot they, in a what desert. Andrew Wright can do. <laughs> yeah, and I know, no yeah, dialogue and, for the and, first fifteen minutes. So <laughs> yeah, so I mean, just this man Edgar Wright and his team. I'm sure it's you know it's not just him, mm. of course. What he can do with money and special effects is proof that everybody else must be doing it fucking wrong. If it costs them an extra sixty. 50, 40, whatever. It's just yep. it, it's where he chooses to go practical and where he chooses to hire the right person to get that kind of job done for, you know, melding these two and effects. It just proves to you that, like, there's a way to do it right. But he's he the kicker. It. There's a way like, to do it right. Did you hear There will be blood. There will be blood. I'm buzzing myself. Yeah, buzz there, there, there will be blood was $25 million, his, by the way. But here's, the, the, here's the kicker, oh, though. Thank like, you. I thought it was, sorry, I thought it was 50. Okay. Here's the kicker. You, you can't tell. Like, I can't tell what was practical and what was composite. Right. Because it was done so seamlessly and so flawlessly. Right. And that's Jeff, like that's some serious good work. Jeff, I can't help but be a little distracted. And I'm curious if you feel the same way. Because I was team I was team La La Land. Like if you're not supposed to be a great singer and you're just supposed to be in a musical singing, I'm always going to be like, great. I'm glad you don't sound like the greatest singer in the world. Like a lot of Broadway people might sound if you get really up close with them in a wide angle lens. But when you're a character that's supposed to be a magnificent singer, or was she not? That's what I wanted to I ask. I thought she was you. great. Her audition. I thought it was great. I, I I guess I didn't think she was a great singer. So Have you I guess listened I to, to the think... singers of the '60s besides Aretha Franklin, besides all the black singers who really were the stars? Dude, that woman but... that she was that woman that she was replacing at the nightclub had a really good voice. I thought I thought you didn't like her downtown. I thought she had a good downtown. Plus, well, plus it was a that's show. That's why she ended up a prostitute. It was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was saying. See, I thought that's the direction oh, they were going. No, that it was no. good enough they... for her to get into the loop, and then they turn her into a, a dancer that wears. You I know, mean, I'm going to buzz myself for even I, saying that I thought, too. So. I thought the way no no but for the sake of the story that's what i I thought i thought thought they were trying to say she's not the greatest singer in the world so therefore we can exploit it was just it was about the perform like it wasn't about being on a record it was about the the performance and she did it with confidence like she sounded pretty good she sounded like she could lead a show and i thought that was yeah i I had no problems i thought her voice was good you didn't like like her voice Mm. i didn't i I, I I didn't think it it was bad that that when she's good enough for a prostitute 
No, I, Jesus Jeez. Christ. <laughs> I thought she was good. I'll take it. They, uh, some- that, dude, that's an honourable profession. Nobody knocked that. Um, I, I thought she would like she was she was good enough for me that when I when he put like later she was put in the background as a like a backing dancer. I felt that it's the sixties, man. Go back and listen to records from the sixties. Their voices are not that great. I for most of them, it's 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 more about the authentic feel like you can almost picture them performing it N- none of them are as good as ariana grande singing like three octave riffs and stuff like that none of them are doing that except for aretha Franklin. i don't, know. Like, she, I don't know like there's there's look well, i'm not saying she's i really felt that way okay cool. <laughs> yeah i think she's the real deal but i did want to ask you just as a story element i thought they did a good job i bet they contemplated whether or not to use her voice because i thought yeah. her voice was just good enough to get her in the door right, i'll give you, I'll give and you she's that. obviously beautiful and charismatic and all the you know had the movement mm. and everything she had all the other things but i thought it was just good enough so that we weren't going to say what are they doing to this prodigy singer it's not like barbara streisand walked no, on no, stage no, no, and no, no, they no, tried no. to turn her into a prostitute yeah no no no, no. i mean they could have done something like that and you would have been they like turned, what the hell is happening that'd be prostitute. a weird movie <laughs> That'd be a Edgar very Wright's weird next movie. movie turns Barbara Streisand, <laughs> young Barbara Streisand. Funny girl meets. Okay, well let, let's yeah. stick, yeah. let's stick to the actresses then, because how how they were able to mm. to rehearse together and do all of these kinds of things. I thought they did an amazing job of making the two of them both look very different. But then when they needed to, they actually looked a lot alike. And you know, it's hard when you're a director who's mm. getting up close to young actresses and stuff. You know, especially nowadays, it's almost like, okay, Edgar, you're getting a little close here. But it's like they had. They very physically represented each other to the point where sometimes where one turned around, no matter whether they were wearing something a little frumpier, like Thomas and Mackenzie's characters were a little bit more concealed, or Anya Taylor-Joy's character was a little bit more open, obviously, given the profession that she was trying to get into and the one that she ended up being in. But they there were a couple of times where they turned their head around and you had no idea whose face was going to be on that body. And I thought that was really an effective yeah, that's cool. And, but but just their performances. I, I, I were just, cool, I just right? want to also say my favorite Thomas and Mackenzie face is when she's in her dorm room and the roommate comes busting in with that guy and they just start banging. And she doesn't say anything. She just the shorts. look, yeah, her, the okay. look on okay. her face. Like everybody <laughs> has right. had that college experience. Yeah. So Thomas <laughs> everybody and, related to that moment. So I think <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy plays it right down. The, she she plays it just exactly right here. So Tommy, Thomas and Mackenzie has the. Because as John was talking about before, is she a schizophrenic? What, what's going on here? So she obviously has range. Now, if it was just a dual personality role, the meek, she was probably, I'm going to guess, John, I'm going to guess. You can correct me soon, but I'm going to guess you thought she was a little too meek and fragile. But that's just my guess. She had a lot of range. She got mad. She was able to do all of those kinds of things. But I do also wonder if that, because she is just a naturally sweet, gifted, like we saw old, where she had to play a younger character in an older, in a teenager's body, like a seven-year-old in a teenager's body. Looks completely so, different too. So it worked really well. Just that like, oh my God, I'm so vulnerable kind of thing. And same thing, Jojo Rabbit, she had a little bit more, you know, gusto, but she was, you know, hiding yeah, in walls. She, but, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, I'm she, curious what you think about them. I thought it all, all checked out, but I think she was playing dual personality. If that's And that's why she was so meek for all of this. What do you think, John? Flesh that out just a hair before I respond. Actually, I, okay. So if you're say that a little bit if more. you're Fight Club's a bad example because Edward Norton's like regular his his character was was had a little bit mm. of of energy to it. But Primal Fear, he had the Primal he fear. had the one like oh really really like scared character, yeah. and then the other one who's the exact opposite. So if Thomas and Mackenzie is playing dual personality, Anya Taylor Joy is everything she wants to be, and she is the one who can never do any of those things because of all of the social cues that are just not clicking. And are you faulting her for that? Is no, that what you're I thought it, I thought it was. Like I actually have... thought it was a deliberate choice, and I think it worked out because she was still able to too. come alive later in the film. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely. I am not faulting the talent or of the actor. Are you she, praising she it? She is clearly. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I if I but if I were to say anything, I would think it was a directorial choice yeah. by Edgar. I think they would have discussed whether or not in the writing and the script of whether or not to take her into places. Clearly, this woman. This young woman starts to experiment with trying to be more confident. She changes her hair to look more like Anya Taylor-Joy. She starts to do things very, you know, in the first, like in the beginning of the second act, basically, hmm. so she, where she starts to experience this Tries stuff. to become Tyler and, Durden. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> God damn it. So, <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm just. I'm not even sure if I if I really had a problem with it. I just noticed that story wise, I kind of wanted her to see. I kind of I was curious to see what would happen if she would have gone really far with trying to 
seize that confidence. And if that would have been part of her dilemma, that it, you know, it didn't work out. She yeah. tries to go too far with the guy. And I don't so know, there were so many saying, ways that it could have expressed itself. To me saying before that, I thought it was, the plot was maybe moving too quick. That by like the third night, it's like we're off and running and it's almost like we don't get to celebrate in that journey anymore. Yeah. Do you think maybe that got in the way of that transformation for the actress? Where it's like she realized that she was actually, even though she had range in the movie, I'm not saying she did it. She didn't really have the time to make that, the switch that you would need, especially if, you're, if you are playing a mental health something. You know, you can't just do. I do, I don't and know, I, do, I, don't know. I, I, I can't flesh it out. I'm printing no, my rough no, no, draft. No, 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 you're totally right, Jeff. I I feel like I'm not gonna lie. There was a moment, just a moment, because I stand by what I said. I really enjoyed seeing this movie. As dazzling as the first dream hallucinatory whatever sequence was, the blocking with the camera movement and the dance and everything, as da- the mirrors, as dazzling and impressive as it was in the filmmaking. There was a little bit of me that was like, oh, is this going to be this whole movie where she's just like, we're going back and forth between these two women in reflections and stuff. Or the opposite but, where the plot ruins it, where the plot gets in the way. And it was like, OK, that was just to set up this plot point, And it's just a murder mystery or something. Yeah. But I will. I do think that it's not a downfall. I, I really did enjoy this, but I, I think you've made a really good point because we got to stick with Anya Taylor-Joy so much through her perspective as a as the protagonist going through those things. And the only reaction that we often felt from um, Tom, Tamron, Tamron, Thomason, 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 Thomason McKenzie was a reaction, a fearful, victimized reaction yeah, okay. to what was happening to her. I don't really think we got to see her live through Anya Taylor-Joy very much. Now, I, I guarantee you they thought about that a lot and they made this choice and they they decided to go with this. but. I think you made a good point. There, there may have been a, there may have been some opportunities that they chose not to take advantage of, or they, you know, very, very consciously said, fuck it. We're not going to do that. We're going to stick with Anya where they could have maybe let us see what it was like for, for Thomason to, to live it as opposed to only living the really scary moments. They would yeah. let us in when she was totally, totally too victimized or too scary knives guys coming after her like they let us in there for the horror they didn't really let us in there for the the emotional shift between how does it feel to want to have a dream and to fail at yeah, it? they didn't let us live that with yeah her. just to finish up i so, I, I, I agree because i do think that um she i, I agree yes you're 100 right but the times we saw her in the in the present time where she was confident with the blonde it all she seemed foreign. So I'm thinking about this for my rewatch where I'm like, okay, she's confident, but within 10 seconds of seeing this confident new person, there's a conflict. The plot gets in the way of it. You know what I mean? So I don't really get to see her walk into the fashion studio and just be like, this is who I am now. And blah, 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 blah. Enough. Maybe that was just me. Dave, what do you think? I didn't mean to cut you out of this conversation. No, no, I was, I was enjoying this conversation. I, I feel like they, they did the due diligence there. Like she, she changed herself to be more confident, mm-hmm. but there were still obstacles. Like, cause yeah. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't have someone win in the first 20 minutes of your movie. Like she, yeah, she's, sure. she's, she's, she gains ground. She gets knocked back. She tries to gain some more ground. She gets knocked back. It, it's a constant battle for her. That's a good point. To maintain that personality and to maintain that confidence. Bam. Well That's said. That's true, dude. That was it. Yeah. And, and, and even if, even if you were to agree with us, I know all three of us would still say, <laughs> I mean, Forget what I said in the beginning. I'm going to rewatch yeah, this. Same. Like yeah, this was same. a this was a very effective. I'm going to watch this. A few scary, times. disturbing movie that I've never seen anything like it. Still <laughs> I mean, clenching. Honestly, <laughs> Buttholes still, still clench. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really. I was not anticipating how affected I was by this film. Like, damn it, Edgar, you scared me, dude. You I got a couple me. of couple of really good anecdotes as we uh, probably come out of this. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know whether you saw on Twitter, but there was a tweet to Edgar Wright saying, I uh, went to the movies with my dad and he really enjoyed your film. And it, 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 here's a photo and it was uh, Dario Argento's son. Oh, shit. Tweeting him a congratulations <laughs> on behalf of his father. Oh, man. For, wow. Yeah. And, and Ed, Edgar turned into a total fanboy and melted on Twitter. It was, it was great. Um, wow. Also, did you did anyone? I, I read a lot of uh, like interviews regarding this after I saw it. Um, did you see the Quentin Tarantino connection? Um, basically, the whole thing, the, this, the, the reason this film was made 
was because Edgar was over in LA when Tarantino was filming um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he saw Tarantino block off like Sunset Boulevard and just film on it. And he was like, holy shit, it can be done. And literally went back and was like, we need to block off streets in Soho. Quentin and did it. Yeah, it was, it, it was he, I don't know if a conversation took place or what, but like the, the fact that he saw Tarantino do it in the US, he bought that back and he's like, yeah, we can do this. And he got the, got the permits. Some of the permits had to be organized like five months in advance. Because they were blocking major streets. It's so funny. In New York City, they yeah, just fucking close the street I mean, without telling me and everybody, nobody. Just the shit yeah, show yeah. of trying to film in Soho. I cannot imagine how difficult it was to make this movie. I mean, those well, streets. No, he, guys, he learned that apparently you can just, sometimes you can just do it. Like. It's just, I just can't, I really cannot imagine it. It is, it is like when they shut down the, the Times Square area in New York. It's just, there's people there all the time. Well, they, they don't do that so anymore because apparently one of the Spider-Man movies built a perfect replica just outside New York in a, oh, a yeah, studio lot. Yeah. And you know, like um, Birdman it didn't shut down. Birdman of, didn't shut down, but he did a really cool thing. They just thing. used it, right? No, he actually hired um, a student band that he'd seen mm-hmm. To come out oh, yeah, to push and set up the in the corner side. of Times Square and fucking play and distract everybody, and then they ran the scene. That's such a That's good idea. So yeah, funny. you genius. I would love, love, love. I would kill to see the first AD's schedule for how they shot on the main streets of Soho. How yeah. the fuck did they schedule that, and how long did it take? Right. How mm. many weeks were they well, actually they, there? I think it was like crazy. three a.m. Uh, or something. They were shooting. So it was I mean, all man. like 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. Because that's when Soho dies, right. basically goes to sleep. Um, Does anyone else? This is super fucked up, but did anyone else want to just go have a drink in Soho? Yes. Actually? Oh, my <laughs> God. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, Despite that's happening terror. at some point. I'm, I'm going. I, I want to go because when I've been in London once and I did not get there. It's really fun. It is a mm. cool place. I can't wait to go back. I think it'll mean more now that I've seen this. He definitely he worked his Maybe magic. I saw. Mm. Go see this movie. I saw. I saw um, go see it. Just similar. If you if you want a similar mood, very different was it's a sin, which is about the gay experience in the eighties during the AIDS crisis. So obviously it's a very different. Obviously it's very different than this. But one thing that would have been cool for this movie to exactly what you said, John, which could have never fit in this movie, was that in that. So it's the gay scene, but they they all see each other out at the pub. That's the main connection. There's like a couple friends groups that all intersect because they all go out together because all of the gay people in London in eighty one. They'll know each other because it's a, you know, it's a small group of people who, you know, made the commitment to live, you know, an open lifestyle that their families at home never would have left them. Um, and, and they went out to the pubs and, and some of them reminded me of the main pub in this where they go to the basement and they can mm, kind of be yeah. isolated and it's small, um, but, you know, nobody's watching them. And the stuff. toucan. So it reminded yeah, me of that. Yeah. One. So if you want to just spend some time in bars, very heavy, <laughs> very different show. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. I don't think this is opened in the go. UK. I just looked at um at Box Office Mojo and Oh no, yeah, it's it's out in the UK. There's there's been people talking about going to screenings. Uh, cuz we don't, they, don't, they haven't released Ed, any Ed numbers Rudd's yet. done a couple of yeah, he's done a couple of personal appearances at screenings. All right, they haven't released well. any numbers yet. It's really so it's doing really bad so far in America and Colombia, but hopefully really hopefully in the yeah. hopefully in the UK it's doing better. Yeah, once go everyone see, hears guys, this episode, the... they'll they'll, they'll don't flock worry, to yeah. it. Yeah. Don't worry about the Halloween is past. This this was the Halloween movie this year. This was the yeah. scary movie. You should go Let's see go. this movie. It was really fun. All right. Well, with that, friends, it is Not time <laughs> to offer our recommendations with a quick round of what you've been watching. Dave, mm. we know what you're watching next week. Eternals. Maybe you're going to rewatch, uh, you know. Dude, have you seen Re- Eternals got fucking review bombed like shit? What happened? Like oh, no. it, it's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes already, and it hasn't even come out yet no. because did, apparently there's serious? apparently yeah apparently there's a, a like a gay kiss scene in it. Oh, so well, everyone decided that. everyone just and IMDb. Wait, there's two guys in this. Turn, there's two guys in this movie. And yeah, in, in a rare turn of form, IMDb like shut down their review system for this movie and wiped everything. And wait, like, no one are, can. Are review you saying it. there was a gay kiss in a Marvel movie and people hated that? That seems. There's a, uh, yeah, I, I'm, we all know who hated that. Let's not mince words. Um, they, it's basically they, yeah, they uh, decided to just. If you participated, participated in a 
GameGate or GamerGate, then you probably are the asshole that commented negatively yeah. on the gate. Wait, is it? Please tell me. Go fuck yourself. Please tell me it's Richard. <laughs> please tell me it's. Fuck please tell me it's Richard Madden and uh, Kit Harrington. I don't know. Come on, I don't so know. All but the, I, I know the, there, there, there is definite fiction. There is definite representation in this movie, and yes, apparently it got out, and they hit the they hit the review bomb, and like. Got it down to one star on IMDb before it even got released, and it's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus, and it Christ. hasn't even fuck come out you, yet. So, boy. like, yeah, fuck you guys. Well, Ra- um, Rotten Tomatoes, stop, is... stop doing that shit because nobody cares. Yeah, nobody cares about that. We're but... all going to see it. You've accomplished nothing, you dumb fucks. I mean, th- I, I'm yeah. reading. A, I'm reading yeah. a positive review now that says Eternals is a bad movie, <laughs> and it's got a. It, it has a. It's a positive review. So, uh oh. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, let's at well, least glad, let's at least give it a bad they... review for the right yeah, reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Um. But Chloe, come on, Chloe. Aside, aside from that, I, I uh, this week I watched the new season of Lock and Key. Jesus. On Netflix, they dropped it. Uh, we watched the whole thing in like a day, uh, two days, basically. Um, it's it's fun. It's good fun. It's uh, based on the graphic novel by Joe Hill, which uh, you may or may not know is Stephen King's son. Yeah. Um, they actually have they. There's one episode of the or one sorry book of the graphic novel where they do a Sandman crossover as well. So (laughs) yeah, I I can only imagine that's coming in like season six or something, but yeah, season two of Lock and Key. No, there's two seasons out now. Yeah. And it's already been greenlit for a third. So it's, it's worth a watch. It's good fun. Um, They do not mess around with the villains in this one. Man. My, uh, my Halloween watch this year was a a throwback to um, 1975's Jaws. Don't know if you've uh, ever heard of that movie it. before. Yeah. It's a little movie about a shark. Shark still looks That was fake. fun. Pretty cool to go back and watch uh, watch that kind of film. It's still very effective. I just that movie's good. Really fun. Jeff, I think you and I watched it several years ago, but uh, it's on Netflix <laughs> oh, yeah. if you want to check yeah, it yeah, out yeah. again, folks. Um, I watch it a bunch when I go to Cape Cod, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, from from <laughs> nice where dude. I wa- the reason I watched it is because apparently Cape Cod right now. Yeah. I just listened to a big uh, the Sunday read on the daily. Apparently, there are more white mm-hmm. sharks, great white sharks. In Cape Cod now than like ever in yeah. ever 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 in our lifetime because they we can't kill seals anymore so there's tons of fucking Guys, white sharks there. Wait no okay <laughs> this is important I so there's I'm a, not saying we should kill so seals there's a, but there's this an is what's app happening. in Cape Cod called Sharktivity activity for sharks and there are a ton yeah. all the time they have uh, cameras on all of the the buoys that are out like the trucking the, the shipping buoys and so you mm. have pictures of these sharks so you can see literally like so it's like yesterday, it's like citizen for sharks, sharks that's, that's exactly what it it's exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly what it is now i'm on the base <laughs> dude i had that app on my phone for 30 seconds i was yeah, like fuck yeah. this shit get rid especially, of it especially oh my god yeah. i had that in a story too um so in the bay, the bay goes out so far that the sharks are pretty much harmless because it's so shallow because of the tide and shit but out in the ocean there's a lot um uh oh fuck wait i lost it. Oh, wait we were talking about the sharks and the white sharks jaws, jaws the white, white sharks. sharks coming oh i i, we, I, I oh. went on a chartered boat to go fishing out in the ocean and these motherfucking seals are everywhere because what happens is people coming back you know how anybody who's ever been deep sea fishing out in the ocean on the way mm-hmm. back they chop the tails off and they um, they take the bone out so that the the customers can leave with basically like grill ready fish as opposed to the whole fish. So they, the seals are just there in the bay waiting for all of these shipper, these people to send and they, they follow the the boats. So I'm actually surprised there aren't more sharks because we feed the seals. We're begging the seals to be there. So wow. they're just fucking just, we're just catnip. So of course I'm, I'm not surprised wow. at all. So anyway, that's that. Okay. I, um, mm. I'll tell you, when I saw Jaws, uh, I actually didn't even see Jaws. I was 12, and I was watching TV in Australia, and the making of Jaws Making Jaws is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they and they showed the clip where the boat tips and the guy's sliding down, the shark's just chomp, 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 chomp up the guy. Did not go in the fucking water for six months. Yeah. That <laughs> scene got me. me again, dude. Ruined that scene me. fucked me up again. Me too. Um, me too. I watched a really bad movie that I'm not going to promote. I'm catching up on Succession, sort of. So I'm going very slow. I'll have my thoughts in a week or two by the time I'm finally caught up. Um, after watching Last Night in Soho and, Soho, and I don't know why I was like emo- like feeling kind of emotional. I don't know why it was like getting me. And I was like, I want something like that. So I watched Captain Fantastic, which is the Viggo Mortensen movie from a couple oh. of years ago. And holy, you think, holy shit, that really got me. <laughs> It got me. Yeah, it's really good, right? The way he made. I love it, I don't I know love it when something just movie. pops that out. Really and you're like, I did, I did not say that coming. Uh, this is really good. I knew I would like Vico, but yeah. I just, I really didn't know what it was going to be. 
And I, I, it was exactly what I was hoping it would be. And it was really great. I'm really, really happy I saw it. Good. Oh, nice, dude. I'm glad it you It was on Netflix. It. And yeah, there you go. All right, people. Eternals next week. Hopefully we can prop it up better than some of these critics. So if you love your Marvel movies, we've got our resident Marvel lover, Dave, here is going to help prop this movie up with us. Grab a beer and we'll see you in a week. Thank you so much, Woo. film fans. <laughs>